Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Somebody shout glory. glory. I'm glad to tell you that this last night marked seven days of, of, of a prayer revival. We are praying every night. Tonight will be at 7 o'clock. Every night we are praying God is moving. As soon as you walk in the building, every night you can feel the presence of God. We are having people healed. Miracles are happening. Last Monday night was one of the most powerful services we've had in maybe years. We never made it to the first song. God moved in this room at the beginning of that, started at seven, we started praying, never made it to the first song, and two and a half hours later, people were still praying and seeking God. Miracles were taking place among us. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. He said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. People that were watching online that night were healed. People that were in this building that the doctor had told them, you, you are going to be in pain the rest of your life. We've done all that we can do. We can't do anything else to help you. You're just going to have to deal with it. But they woke up the next morning healed. Pain was gone. God is a healer. God is a healer of all diseases. With God, all things are possible. So we continue this prayer revival. God, we're going to move all the way through into February. We'll go into March, and I believe it's going to continue. March the 5th, Brother Mark Morgan's going to be with us. We are anticipating a great touch and move of God then as well. Can you say amen? So everybody say prayer. Every great thing started in a prayer meeting. And uh, I feel the Lord so strong. I want you to turn to two or three people and say, I'm so glad you're in church with me today. Would you do that? Say, I'm so glad. Smile at somebody, shake their hand. Say, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you're here. Amen, amen, amen. Let's lift our hands. Our assistant pastor is getting ready to come and teach the word of the Lord. Would you lift your hands and just love him, Lord? We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for every saint that's ever responded to the word of the Lord, every sinner that's ever repented, every person that's ever prayed, everybody that's ever come through this building, and, Lord, your spirit touched them. I pray you would move upon this first word today in Jesus' name. Clap your hands again and give God a high praise. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Let's clap our hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm going to be reading from Isaiah 40 and 8 in just a moment. Let me say very quickly that it is an honor always to teach and uh, uh, be uh, trusted to be here. I give great honor to our pastor today. And uh, pastor, I want to say thank you for the last uh, month and a half. 
It has been a life-changing month and a half. Thank you for following the voice of God and, and hearing from God and obeying God. We're better because of it. We love you. Isaiah 40 and 8. I will, I will jump. Uh, I will, as I said, when I first started this two weeks ago, uh, this will be kind of a part two of the series of the Word of God. And so today we're going to be talking specifically about the Word of God. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. My subject this morning in the series, The Word of God, is this, the purpose and power of the Word of God. The purpose and power of the Word of God. Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I pray you'd open our ears to hear your Word. Thank you, O oh God, for the witness of your Spirit that's here. Help us, O oh God, for the Word to fall on good ground today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. You can be seated. Take a moment at the beginning here to review. We are living in a day where truth is under attack. Truth. And of all forms, of all, in all areas, truth as a whole is under attack. So much so, nearly three out of four Americans say there is no such thing as ultimate or absolute truth. Did y'all hear that? Still getting settled? Everybody good? Three out of four Americans say there is no such thing as ultimate or absolute truth. And unfortunately, the numbers don't look much better among those who claim to follow Jesus. In a society where ultimate truth is treated like a fairy tale, an outdated idea, or even an insult to human intelligence, the motto of the day has become your truth, my truth. Believe whatever you want. Do whatever seems best to you. Live for whatever brings you pleasure, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. And of course, be tolerant. Don't try to tell anyone that their truth is wrong. And because of a world and a nation absent of absolute truth, suicide is the leading cause of death among young people. 4,000 families tomorrow will file for divorce. 4,400 abortions will be performed every day this week. There has been more unborn babies killed in America than the entire population of Canada. A federal official states this, 40 million teens are fatherless, godless, and jobless. It has all happened because this country has gotten away from the principles of this book. And if we have ever needed a basis, if we have ever needed a foundation on which to stand in the decisions we make, in the thoughts that we think, and the actions we take, we need it right now. If we've ever needed a foundation for our lives, our minds, our families. We need that foundation now. And John 17 and 17 declares to us, sanctify or purify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
The Bible boldly declares without hesitation that his word, the word of God, is a truth on which our life can be built, our families can be established, our minds can think the truth of his word is a foundation for every area of our life. And the word of God is enough. It's enough. It's enough for us to live a successful life through God. Amen. I'll read something I read at the conclusion of last week just to bring to where we're headed to this week. The Bible is just one book, but it is 66 separate books. Yet it is not a collection of just literary pieces without regard of agreement with each other. It is the only book that was written over a span of approximately 1,500 years, but with approximately 40 different authors from every single walk of life, including princes and poets, philosophers and fishermen, prophets and priests, publicans and politicians. Some men learned in the wisdom of Egypt, others educated in the schools of Babylon. One trained at the feet of Gamaliel. Moses was a political leader and a judge trained in the University of Egypt. David was a king, a poet, musician, shepherd, and warrior. Amos was a herdsman. Joshua, a military general. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to a pagan king. Daniel was a prime minister. Solomon was a king and philosopher. Luke was a physician and a historian. Peter, a fisherman. Matthew, a tax collector. Paul was a rabbi. Mark, a secretary. This Bible was written in different locations, from a wilderness to a dungeon. One was written in a cave of Adullam. Some were written by the rivers of Babylon, one from the hillside to a palace. Paul wrote within prison walls. It was written from Shushan to Zion. And John wrote that great book of Revelation from an isle called Patmos all by himself. This book, this wonderful, amazing book was written at different times. It was written during different moods. David wrote at the times of war and sacrifice. Solomon wrote... In the times of peace and prosperity, it was written with different feelings for it reflects the heights of joy. It reflects the depths of sorrow and dark despair. This book gives us bright hope. It talks about times of certainty and conviction. It talks about times of confusion and doubt. It, this, this wonderful book, this amazing book was written on three different continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. It's countries 100s, hundreds of miles apart. It was written in a wide variety of literary styles, poetry, history, narrative, song, romance, mourning, biography, autobiography. It's law, it's parables, it's allegory, it's prophecy. In addition, the Bible addresses hundreds of controversial subjects and hot topics that create opposing opinions, marriage, divorce, adultery, obedience to authority, truth-telling, lying, character development, how to parent, and the nature and the God of revelation. Yet, despite all of these differences, all of the different writers, times, feelings, and places, the Bible presents one singular story. With all the different continents, with all the different writers, it produces one central theme from the book of Genesis to the close of Revelation. Despite all the differences, one singular story of this book 
is God's redemption of a fallen man. It is God's answer to a man, to men and women who have found themselves in the year of 2023 needing a savior, needing an answer to where they are. And the word of God is that answer. It has withstood the test of time. It has withstood every test of question. This is without a doubt the infallible, undeniable word of the Lord. Amen. My fear, however, in growing up in a country where the Bible is all around us, growing up in a place where we have more Bibles than we know what to do with, it is my fear that we can take the Word of God for granted. We can. It's, I'm right, you're wrong. You agree, so we're, we're both right. We can, come on, you know it's true. We can take the word for granted because of how available it is to us. You don't have to drive for two miles in this city without seeing a church. You, it's so available to our society. The word of God is so prevalent. And because it's so available, it's easy to not recognize what you have in your hands. It would be better for some of us if the word of God came to us like this. Are you ready? Came to us like this. you like my illustration? Is that good? This is my word. Come on, it would have been better. You know, you know without a doubt that if the word of God would have come to you like, I want to do it again just for, just for fun. That was, can I do it one more time? We didn't, we didn't plan on doing this twice. Can, can we do that again? You ready? One, two, three, go. It must be from God. Come on, you know it's true. If the word of God would have come to us like that, mm -hmm. God, God gave this word to me. He, he, he made it come down. From, but because of the way it was delivered to us and because of how much access we have, that is how it came to us, by the way. It just didn't come in our Hollywood mind and, and, and culture where, where, where it, it didn't, it, it, holy men of old wrote, they spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God from heaven gave his word to us. Just because it didn't come the way you think it should have come, or Hollywood says it should have come, just because it didn't come the way you think, doesn't mean it's not the word of God. Come on, there has to be an element of faith that said, this is God's word. I don't have, you mean, you mean to tell me we got people struggling that we, we feel like we have to read this? We have to? No, we get to. <laughs> this ain't a have to. I got news for you. This thing ain't a have to read. This is a get to read. 
It's a get to read. It's a I get to have, I get to know the future. I get to know the, it's not a have to read. It's a get to read. Some of us, some of us should have been born in China. I'm convinced of it. China. You need to be born in China. You know why? Because they don't, they, don't, they don't have Bibles there. It's scarce there. The Word of God isn't, isn't everywhere there. It's not as prevalent. It's not as all, not, not as all around this. this. This is how they treat the Bible when they see. This is Chinese people seeing the Bible for the very first time. Are you ready? Play that video, Sister Emily. This is what we have needed the most, is what she said. Let us never take for granted the Word of God. It's accessible. It's available to us. It's prevalent. It's all around. But listen to me. It is the word of God for my life. It's the word of God for you. Don't, don't. I, I know, I know it's so prevalent around us. I know it's available to us. But don't ever forget. Don't ever forget that God sent his word to us. He gave us his word. And we have a treasure in his word. We have a treasure in his word. This Bible, this holy word of God, it's so powerful, it's so amazing. But the purpose of the word of God is, there's, there's five main things, and I, I'm going to get into that today. And I, I, I got to move quickly. I have so much to cover and so much, I, I, I couldn't hardly wait to teach this morning. I've got so much to get out of my spirit. But the Bible reveals to us five major things. It reveals to us who God is. Everybody say who God is. It reveals to us who we are. Everybody say who I am. It reveals God's plan of salvation. It reveals how we should live. And it reveals what happens when this life is over. The, the word of God is a revealer to us. You, don't, you didn't learn these things because you grew up in church. I have to remind myself that these preachers preached not because they learned it from the foundation of everything that is preached, that is taught, that is believed. It comes from the word of God. The purpose of the word is for it to be a revealer. Revealer. The word of God reveals to us who God is. We learn who God is through, through, through studying and knowing his word. Let me give you a few examples. Genesis 1 and 1. Are you all with me this morning? 
In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We know that because the word tells us that. That's how we know God created the heavens and the earth. Colossians 1 and 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, somebody say all things, were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. The heavens and the earth was created by him and for him. We know that because of the word. Somebody say amen. We know who God is through scriptures like Revelation 22 and 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We know that because of, is this too basic this morning? Is this all right? We know that because the word tells us that. We know, we know a, a part of God's characteristics by verses like Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and, and shall not he do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? We learn through the scripture that if God gave us a promise, he will keep his promise. How do we know that? Because the word tells us that. And so when we learn that through the word of God, it's separate from my mind, it's separate from my emotions, it's separate from how long I have prayed for an answer. The word tells me that his word will not come back void and when I trust his word, it's enough. We know that by the word of God. We know who he is by Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We know who he is because the scripture declares to us who he is. Some of us in this building, and I, I talk to young people particularly at this moment, some of us know who God is because someone else told us. Someone else, uh, some of us know who God is because, because we were fed uh, uh, the word of God and we've never opened up the scripture for ourselves. You want to be in the church for a short period of time? Just let somebody tell you the truth all the time, but, but never dig into the truth for yourself. It's true. It's true. Ruth understood. She under, this isn't in my notes, but we got to catch it. Ruth understood that if I'm going to live this life, she said, let your God become my God. It's not good enough for it to be your pastor's God. It, he has to become your God. This truth has to become your truth. It has to become the truth that you believe. It can't just be somebody else feeding you all the time. You're not going to be around very long. But you've got to know the truth for yourself. You've got to buy this truth. That means you've got to pay for it. That means you've got to labor for it. You've got to work in it. You've got to buy the truth. I didn't understand it all, Pastor. I had a lot of questions as a teenager. I had questions in the Gospels. Why did Jesus, if there's only one God, why did Jesus refer to the Father 73 times in the Gospel? It bothered me as a teenager. 
I had questions and things that I needed answered. If there's only one God, how can this be true? But I'll tell you, I didn't just stop at questions. I started digging into that book. I started trying to figure it out. For my, I, I, I pray I had a good spirit about it. There was no, I, I, I had a good spirit about it. I, I, I prayed and I sought God. And because I was searching, he said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if you will seek for righteousness, if you will seek to know his word, you will be filled with the word, the truth of God. But you've got to desire it. This isn't something that, that, that we feel. I'm so thankful for the truth because the truth, we ain't got to hide nothing. We don't have to have any facades. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to skip around some verses and this and that. Listen, you are a part of a church that believes truth. We don't take away from the Bible. We don't add to the Bible. We believe the word of God. We're in a truth church, and you've got to get the truth inside of you. You've got to get the word of God. Come on, you've got to, you've got to eat this book, the scripture said. You've got to digest. You've got to get it in your spirit. The word of God has to be consumed. It has to be consumed if you're going to learn about who God is and learn about who you are. It has to be a consuming of the word of God. Number two, the Bible tells us who we are. I've got to hurry. 2 Kings 22, the Bible tells us who we are. Came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. The king opened the book and he rent his clothes. Verse 13, he said, go ye inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according to all that which was written concerning us. The king understood what manner of man he was when he looked into the law of the Lord. And we understand who we are, good, bad, right, wrong, whatever we understand who we are when we look into the mirror of his word we've got to look into the young ladies you better hear me young ladies dealing with with inadequacy issues and issues of not feeling valuable enough you want to know why you feel the way you feel because you've never opened the word and believed what God said about you it's true you've never believed you were fearfully and wonderfully made You've never believed, you've never believed that when God, that, that, that before, you were formed, uh, before you were formed in the belly, he knew you and he ordained. You've never believed that because it's just been fed to you. It's been fed, it's been fed. You deal with inadequacy issues and things of I'm not valuable enough or I'm not good enough because you're looking at social media instead of looking at God's word for your life. If you would ever look at God's word for your life, you would find so much value in yourself. You would find so much worth in who you are if you would ever begin to search the scriptures just about how much of a price that he paid so that you could be here, so that you could, God, have mercy. Come on, if you ever begin to search the scripture, this, this word isn't gonna tear you down, honey. This word's gonna build you up. You're gonna understand just how valuable you are. Bible, the Bible reveals to us who we are, reveals to us who we are. Number three, the Bible reveals God's plan of salvation. John 20 and 30 and many other signs truly 
uh, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, these, these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. He said these things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you'll have life through his name. 1 John 5 and 13, these things have I written have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. This Bible reveals to us God's plan of salvation. Number four, the Bible reveals to us how we should live. How we should live. Joshua 1 and 8. Y'all with me this morning? I'm going fast. I'm sorry. I've got a lot to cover. Uh, stay with me. The Bible reveals to us how we should live. The book of the, Joshua 1 and 8. The book, everybody say the book. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Your way is going to be prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. If you adhere to the word of God, you're going to be prosperous and have success. Psalms 119 and 104, through thy precepts, through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Lamp unto my feet. It reveals where I currently am and the light unto my path. It reveals the way that I should go. It reveals where I am and it reveals where I must go. The Bible is not just an informative book. The Bible is not just an informative book. It is an instructive book. It is an instruction manual that not only must be heard, but must be obeyed. For what good is the word of God if it is heard only? It's of no use if the word is not obeyed. It's meant to reveal where you are, and it's meant to reveal where you're going. So the Bible reveals to us how we should live. Number five, the Bible tells us what happens when our life is over. Hebrews 9 and 27 tells us, and as it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment. We know that there is a rapture, that there is a judgment coming. We know it because of the word of God. It tells us that judgment is coming. Now, I want to turn your attention. We, we, we just covered the purpose of the word. It's a revealer. It reveals who God is. reveals who we are. reveals the plan of salvation. Reveals how we should live. Uh, it reveals what happens when our life is over. That, that's the purpose of the word. It, it reveals. Everybody say it reveals. The word reveals truth to us in all of these areas and even beyond what I can cover today. The power of the word, however, is the subject I, I want to talk about right now. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. And that from a child, Paul speaking to Timothy. Y'all, Is everybody with me? That from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise. The scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through, somebody say through. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Somebody say profitable. That means useful. It's useful for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, or training in righteousness. That the man of God, that we, we get this so wrong sometimes because we think that's just for preachers. And Paul was saying that Timothy and Timothy's a preacher and blah, blah, blah. That, 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 word, that word man means a servant. That the servant of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished, or equipped unto all good works. He's equipped for every good work. The Bible equips us. Amen. But the Bible says, it declares to us in Ephesians chapter 6 and 17. It says, uh, throw, throw, this, throw this on the uh, screen. And take the helmet of salvation. Everybody say the helmet. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is a sword. This is a legit sword, y'all. The word of God is a sword. It's not a Bible to be learned. It's a weapon to be used. The word of God is not something that we just learn. It's something that we must use. I got a lot of props this morning. Look at that sword. Oh, that sword's so amazing. I can, I can look at that sword. I can, I can study that sword. I can know the ins and outs about that sword. I can know every detail. I can know how long it is. I can, I can know and I can understand how much it weighs. I can I can understand how far it reaches when, when it's coupled with my hand and I swing it. I, I can know all of the details about the sword and the use of the sword. I can look at it and have an understanding and know all about the sword. I, I can know it back and forth. I can know it front and back. But, but, but the sword is not powerful unless it is picked up. Do you hear me? The sword is not powerful unless it is picked up. The Bible does not say that the sword, that, that the word of God is an arrow. It's not an arrow. Kids are like arrows. You got to launch them. It's all, about, it's all about little moments of launching them. You trust them to do this, and you trust them to do that. You got to release. There's moments of release in a, in a, in a child's life. You, you release them just in little ways. I'm re releasing Winston in just little ways. You know, yesterday at the quiz tournament, listen, man, I'm, I'm not Cody. I am Winston's father. The kid was amazing yesterday. It was unbelievable, the quiz tournament. Thank you for clapping for that. But, but listen, uh, uh, it, it's, an arrow is letting them go. It, uh, you, you release them. That's not how the word works. You don't just say, the word of God. <laughs> Y'all couldn't see that back there, but she took that sword and acted like it was in her stomach. That was so awesome. She said, ah. You don't just, you don't just launch the word. You don't just, you don't just throw the word at stuff. 
You hear me? It, it's, it's not an arrow. It's not just going to fight for you. The word fights with you. The word fights with you. The, 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 oh, God have mercy. you got to help me. The only way that the word has power is when it is attached to flesh. Word has to be attached to flesh. Otherwise, it's powerless. You can stare at it. You can know it. You can learn about it. You can know every angle. You can know a hundred verses. You can know all of these things. But if you never grab hold of it and practice it and use it, you've missed it. That, oh, God. That's why the word, Brother Tharp, had to become flesh. John 1, in the beginning was God feel what I feel right now? In the beginning was the Word. Word was with God. Word was God. Same was in the beginning. With God all things were made by Him without anything that was made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. Light shined in darkness. Darkness comprehend. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Flesh got a hold of the word. And when flesh showed up to grab hold of the word, every prophecy could be fulfilled. Every word could be demonstrated. All of it, when the word attached to the flesh, it became powerful. And if your flesh can attach to his word to go into your situation, there is nothing that can stand against you, stand before. There's nothing more powerful than when you grab hold of the word and start to use it. I'll prove it to you. Matthew chapter 4. I'm, I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is up on the mountain. He's fasting and praying. He fasted for 40 days, sought God, and at the end of that fast, the devil shows up. I'm swinging this thing around. I'm going to cut myself or something. The devil shows up. The devil shows up. Yes, he does. He shows up. He, he was led up to the spirit of the wilderness. He, when he had fasted 40, fasted 40 days and nights, he, he, he was hungry. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is, yeah. He answered and said, Watch, watch, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And he goes on. He goes on. Go to the next verse. Uh, then the devil taketh him up to a holy city, setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. Go on. Saith unto him, if thou be this, if thou be the devil, always brings a question. Always bring questions to your mind and to your life. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. The devil said it. Try to use it against him. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and their hands they shall bear thee up. Lest go on. Lest any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Keep going. Jesus said to him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not. Go down to verse, go down to verse 10. Last time, then Jesus saith unto him, get thee behind thee, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Watch verse 11. Then the devil, devil left him. How did he fight the enemy? It is written. 
I'm not strong enough, intelligent enough. I, I don't. I, I, you don't have enough screen time. You don't have enough. You don't have enough episodes to watch to drown. You don't have enough stuff in your life to get rid of the enemy that's pressuring you. To get rid of the enemy that's coming again. You don't have enough stuff in your arsenal to get rid of what's from what's attacking you and plaguing you. But if you could ever get a hold of the Word, if you could ever get a hold of the Word of God, come on. You want to get out of where you are? Find out what's written about it and use it. Use the word of God. Use the word of God. And no enemy is too great. No thought is too great. Come on, no situation is too strong. When you've got the word on your side, you have victory in the Lord. Stand with me all over the building. Come on, you got to pick up the word and try it. You got to pick up the word and try it. You gotta practice the word. You gotta use the word for where you are. That's the purpose of the word. God have mercy. There's such a spirit, there's, there's such a great spirit of the Lord, a touch from God in this room. I want you to lift your hands right now and I want you to pray, God, God, I want to use your word. God, I want to use your word. God, help me to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Come on all over this room for just a moment. Come on, God's giving revelation to some of you right now about how to get out of where you are. Come on, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. By the word of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, let us never be comfortable God, let us never be casual with your word. Let us never be casual with your word. I don't have to read this. I know life gets busy, God. I don't have to read this. I get to read this. Fix our perspective of your word. Fix our perspective of the word of God this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you today. Come on, let's thank the Lord for his word. That was moving when he showed the video of the Chinese. They're hungry for it. We don't value it. We don't value the word like we should. We know this is all true to most of us at some point in our life, maybe even now. And uh, he said, if ye abide in me, and my word abides in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. We've got to get his word settled into our spirit. We've got to fall in love with him. It is not the will of God that social media has replaced our time with the Lord. Everybody knows I'm telling you the truth. Somehow in years past, we, we overcame the television battle. Most people got rid of them out of their homes and didn't let that consume them. But we missed it, I believe, on the internet battle, social media battle. It has caused people to lose their emotions. You know I'm telling you the truth. News junkies, y'all know what I'm telling you. Vexed in your spirit. Pray for five minutes. Read one chapter in the Bible and feel like you've done heaven and earth justice. Got it done. Don't even remember what you read. God's calling this church to repentance.
God's called us to witness. Almost every newcomer that comes unplugs the television and said, it bothers me. It's amazing. And uh, they come in and start removing things. It's amazing. Oh, I feel something in the Holy Ghost. God's calling this room to repentance. We, we, can I be real with you? If you'll be honest with me and not get mad at me, God will speak to you. But we have people that come in and, and they, say, they say, Pastor, when's the next church service? Well, it's Wednesday, but it's too long between Sunday and Wednesday. Is there any night that I can come and be at the Is there anything going on because they're hunger for it? It's like that word that came down that they value. Come on, I'm telling you, we got to get back to where the house of prayer is the key focus of our life. His word is the key focus of our life. I feel repentance in this room. I feel a revival in this room. They are going to dim the lights here, and, and for the next 15 minutes, I want everybody. Church starts at 10, and we're going to go into our worship service at 11 in just a little while, but I think it would be good if we all found a place to pray and say, God, you put your word right at my fingertips. I don't want to just learn it. I want to use it. Let's, let's dim the lights, and let's begin to pray. Everybody in the building, I think if you're physically able, you can sit at your seat or kneel at your seat or come to the altar and say, God, search my heart today. <laughs> Search my heart today. Come on, everybody, begin to repent. God, if I've said something I shouldn't have said, if I've thought something I shouldn't have thought, if I've done something I shouldn't have done, I, oh, God, I want to get back to a place of prayer and repentance. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.